Hello and welcome to episode 221 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. It's the 22nd annual Shergar Cup Day at Ascot on Saturday, where four teams of world-class jockeys take each other on in a team format during the six-race card in this unique event at Ascot Racecourse. Frankie de Torre is one of the captains in what will be his final Shergar Cup Day, and leading jockey in this event over the years, Hayley Turner, is also on board. We also welcome international jockeys from Japan and Hong Kong as well, with Joe Marrero and Matthew Chadwick both lined up to ride on Saturday. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale is on hand to preview all six races from this weekend's Shogar Cup at Ascot. So here we go, Bill. It's the annual... Dubai duty-free Shergar Cup, six races from Ascot Saturday afternoon, 1.35 through until 4.30. Four teams, international jockeys come over and ride what can be a bit of a, a tricky track. And you've had a runner there in the past couple of years with King of Stars, who would have gone in the, the five furlong race, uh, which is the opener on Saturday afternoon. And and the jockeys that are coming over, uh, some of them we can't pronounce. So we've been I've been practicing with Bayrasan Mutzabayev, who's a German-based jockey, but also rides in front of Andre Farm. But um, the language barrier, as an owner, and the, the connections, how important is it to to get that over to the jockey? What you want from them in the race? Yeah, it's it's important. Uh, obviously, we had no problems with Sean Levy a couple of years ago, but um, I won't lie, it wasn't. It wasn't ideal with Takeshi Yokoyama last 12 months ago because, look, you, you only get given the jockey 24 hours or so before the race or, or well, just under just under 48. Um, but Mick, myself, Johnny and Will are involved with the horse. We met him in the paddock and, you know, you're, you're try, with a translator and you're trying to um, say to him, but you go down to the start really steady and then as soon as the stall's open, bomb bomb away so he kind of nodded and the translator said his thing and then Johnny, Johnny led him out onto the track and you know, reiterated to him remember as soon as it goes bomb and um, he did that going down to the start he just let him out, bomb down yeah. to the start so he completely misunderstood <laughs> so I was standing there in um, in the stands next to Mick and he goes oh fuck's sake <laughs> he just saw <laughs> he saw our our friend Takeshi going down to start as quick as you've ever seen. Oh, no. Stills open, he held onto him. So he did exactly what he's told, but the wrong way around. So, um, yeah. you know, that, that, that's certainly not ideal. So, so look, the importance of the event is, you know, it's a great, great meeting, great event, but, um, you know, the importance of communicating with the jockey and then knowing the horse or knowing the instructions is, is, is crucial. If you have a quirky horse. Obviously the prize money is fantastic for the, the six races. Uh, it's free entry as well. You don't have to pay an entry fee for, uh, for the horses. Hence, 35 were entered for pretty much all six races, and they had to whittle it down to 10 per race. So it seems popular with the owners. Yeah, well, it's gone up again. It's gone up this year, and, um, you know, it's great. The the dash that we ran, I think it was 50 grand a race last year. It was 80 grand this year. And um, you don't pay entries. It's only the top 10 get in. I think they've small, uh, the field size now 10 from 12 because there were races that didn't fill last year. 
Yeah, this, I'd imagine next year would be a whirlpool day, I think. I'd imagine it'd be a, a good test for Hong Kong. There's a Hong Kong theme to it, which we'll discuss in a minute. But, mm. um, you know, the, the field sizes are filling this year because, you know, what's not to like? You know, really good, you know, kind of 80 ground races round, round Ascot um, with a smallish size field. Um, you know, you're not running with 20 other runners, you're running with 10. So, yeah, it's um, the, the format is good. Didn't Whirlpool have a slight problem with the technical side and the fact that you can put a reserve in up to 45 minutes before the race and, and that proved a bit of an issue for them? Do you think they'll be able to solve that for next year? Yeah, I, well, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I'd imagine that there's a big chance you could actually have a Hong Kong team in this and if it was a Hong Kong team, I think it'd be very hard not to, to yeah. treat it as a Whirlpool, Whirlpool event. Um, maybe they go back up to 12 and don't have the reserves. I don't know. There might be a way around it. Um but uh, I think the format of bringing all these international jockeys together and not, and not showing it to the world is 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 strange because you know this this year more than any you know you've got you've got jockeys from all over the place and and um, you know I think um I, th- I think it should be streamed to the world. Well, we've got the magic man coming over, Zhao Moreira's in in town, and also uh, Matthew Chadwick, Hong Kong base as well. We obviously talk with Wally Pyra. Every week on the Hong Kong situation when they they race, they're currently on their summer break due to the very hot weather over there. They'll be back in September talking about Hong Kong. How important is it that Zhao and Matthew come over and and just expand the Hong Kong angle? We know Andrea Atsin is going to go over to Hong Kong for six months. So the ties are getting stronger together. Yeah, the ties are getting stronger. And actually, it was supposed to be Vincent Ho that was coming over. He was going to ride at Goodwood and then come on to to here to ride at the Shogar Cup, but he but he had a spill and bust his collarbone, I think. So he's um, he's not not here. Um, but the Hong Kong Jockey Club worked with with Ascot and, and, and Matthew Chadwick is here. So um, look, really, really good jockey, great for him, um, good for experience. And you know, Hong Kong punters would probably wish they could watch it and bet into the whirlpool if they got they got. Um, Matthew Chadwick and Joe Moreira um, doing their stuff, um, but yeah, no, it's it, it promises to be a great day. Yeah, we're looking forward to uh, Sugar Cup on Saturday. They start at one thirty-five. Quick word on the ground because we've had some dry weather over the past few days after quite a lot of rain at Glorious Goodwood. Certainly towards the end of the week, obviously it got heavy, and they had to cancel the last three races. They couldn't run on the ground. What's Ascot going to be like on Saturday? What do you think? Yeah, well, they'd had uh, yesterday uh, on Thursday. They were recording. They'd had sixteen millimeters in the in the seventeen, or sorry, in the seven days leading up to the to the race uh, races. They're but they're dry, sunny. Uh, on the round course, they're soft, good to soft in places, and on the on the on the straight course, they're good to soft, soft in places. Um, there's a bit of drizzle around, I think, on, on today and tomorrow, but nothing nothing that that much. I'd imagine we'll be very close to good, good to soft in places um, by the time we get to the race, racing on Saturday. I think it'll just be perfect ground. I don't think it'll be um, I think it'll be slightly the dead side of good. I'd imagine come come racing, I think if we get another sunny day today, uh, Friday when we're recording, uh, it'll just continue to dry out. We know how well it dries out at Ascot and um, I'd expect the round course to be slightly softer, but the straight course will be pretty much closing in on good with a bit of giving it. And just before we go to the first race, as a tipster who's always informed, it seems to be, you're always finding the odd winner here a massive prize. How important would the jockey be 
when you look at the races, we'll look at them in a moment, of course. But you know, when when you've got a, a favour that's at seven to two, well, the Japanese jockey on it has probably never ridden Ascot before. Does that make the value slightly worse if Holly Doll say was riding and knows the track really well? Yeah, I mean, the bulk of the of the, of the good English jockeys are all. Um... They all know what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Particularly the ones that are picked in in, the, in these teams, and and you know they've all the international ones have all excelled in their their own own way. Uh, look, people a lot of people get hung up on the on the jockeys. I mean, the tactics are important. Positions are important. Um, you know, some of the like the Japanese jockeys, for example, might be a bit weaker in a finish. Um, but if you need a horse that is a hands and heels ride, then they're the perfect match. If you've got a Mark Johnson horse that needs rousting and rousting the whole way around, they're probably not the ideal match. Um, so look, it's it's a case by case basis. Um, the other thing we should mention about today or Saturday's meeting is that they put the stalls against the stand side rail. This time it's normally down the centre, and jockeys can go either way. But I don't quite know why they've come back to the stands rail. Um, maybe it's because there was the old race in previous years where the jockeys disagreed and they split into two groups. Um, fun enough, the race that King of Stars ran in the sprint two years ago, we went far side and two of them came stand side and it was just a bit strange having kind of uh, nine or ten one side and two the stand side. So maybe mm-hmm. they they put it to stand side to, to make sure they all stay in the same same spot. But we'll 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 we'll, we'll just we'll just have to see. But in answer to your question, um yeah, jockeys jockeys are important and um but it's a it's a it's a case by case basis. So let's have a look at the races then on Saturday. Six of them, 135 is when it gets underway with the five furlong Shogoa Cup dash, a race that Bill knows very well through King of Stars, who's had a couple of tries on this one. Obviously, there are 10 in there. There are two reserves. They can be put into the race up to 45 minutes before should a horse be taken out for any reason. Looks like Rogue Lightning could be popular here for Tom Clover, having won at Doncaster when he won over five furlongs there on Gutter Firm going. He's got the Japanese Kazu Yokoyama on board. Point and shoot job, hopefully, in the five furlong. But as Bill said, you can get it wrong going down to the start. Intrinsic Bond, got Matthew Chadwick on board. Another winner recently over course and distance in July. Won a handicap at Ascot. Tis marvellous. I think won this race two years ago now for Clive Cox. And he's got quite a strong jockey on board with Luke Morris who rides but says Marvellous did finish last of 27 in the Wokingham so I'm not sure uh, how you're going to recover from that although totally different race of course on Saturday uh, Existence in there Tom Marquand and Jean Marrera the magic man's on Bond chairman Chipstead should be interesting Roger Teal giving the instructions to our good old friend Barazan Mutsabayev who rides for him on the uh, one horse. Uh, how did you see the opener? Yeah, I thought this was probably the hardest race on the card, to be honest. I thought it was a, it was a wide open um, contest. You've got the likes of Rogue Lightning and Intrinsic Bond both coming in here on the back of wins. Rogue Lightning comes here, very different conditions to, to the fast ground he encountered at, at, at Doncaster, dropping back to the minimum, which kind of played to his strengths. Um, had a right old hike in the weights as well for a three-year-old, so he's got a fair chunk of weight. Um, 
<laughs> he's got the Japanese jockey. Um, whether that's going to help or hinder him, um, I'm not so sure, but he, he would be pretty short. Uh, I would probably be quite keen to take him on at, at the prices. Um, intrinsic bond, one of a course and distance here uh, on King George Day. That was an impressive win off 91. He's he's had a hike. He's up eight pounds. He's got Matthew Chadwick. He, he'll, he'll run his race. Um, I mentioned to you that the stalls are against the stand side rail. So these horses are drawn over the far side. So they're a bit isolated on their own. I, I'd rather have something drawn high, to be honest. I think they'll congregate against the stand side rail. So I'm prepared to take them on. You mentioned Tis Marvellous. Look, he mashed King of Stars in this two years, three years ago, whenever it was. And, um, but he's just not in the same form. And he came into those races. I, I totally understand that he get, hits form this time of year. And, but he's reached the grand old age of nine now. And he hasn't really shown much in two starts this campaign. Look, he can bounce back. Um, I actually thought he'd be a much bigger price than, than he actually is. I couldn't believe he was short as kind of fives and 11 or two. I thought, I thought he was take on a ball at the prices too. Um, I am prepared to have another go with Existent, the horse I keep on going with. Um, we put him up at Goodwood when he was second to Lord Rutherford and, and we got a few quid out of him that day because he helped land the Cronella. Um, but I'd previously been keen on him the week before at Ascot where he completely fluffed his lines in the stalls and and sat and waited, um, which was a bit of a disaster. He gave him about 10 lengths, but the pieces on for the first time definitely sharpened him up Um uh, good boy last time. He's off the same mark. He's got a really good book, jockey booking in Tom Marcond. They're going to go quick. He's going to get cover. He'll be around the stand side and have to weave his way through. Um, I just think he's pretty rock solid. I think he's going to run well. Um, I think he's the the, the cool around six to one. Uh, Mick rides, uh, rides, runs Michaela's boy, um, who will run well. Another horse, um, that will be finishing well. Um, it will always be up in the van and, um, you know, probably be, be, you know, one of the pace elements to it. But there's there's plenty of pace drawn high. Bond chairman and Michaela, Michaela's boy will go along and should give existence a lovely lead into the race. As long as he doesn't get too far back, um, he'd be the one. So I'm going to go with him at around sixes, but it's a wide open race. Now, interesting to get your thoughts on the 210 which is the Sugar Cup stayers. Over two miles, we go from five furlongs in the first, straight over to two miles in the second with these 10 runners. And one of the, not fancied horses, I guess, but it's going to certainly be in the top four or five, is the Max We Can, who's one of the reserves for Charlie Johnson, who obviously doesn't have a jockey booked at the moment, but is available around about eight to one. How would you approach this race? We'll talk about... Zoffy that's got Frankie on board for Hugo Palmer, the Grand Vizier. He's got Tong Tai Blinkers on first time, Ian Williams and Luke Morris. They combine the very man Holly Doll and Jesse Harrington uh, getting involved as well. But when you've got an, an eight to one shot that might have a really good chance, but we don't know if he's going to run. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the kind of perils of, of Betty in the Shogar Cup. You know, that's you've got two horses there that are shortest prices. And if, if you're betting on the day before or the morning of, you're going to get rule fours, good law as well. That's just one of the the, the perils of, of, of betting on the Shago Cup, as we said, because you'll lose one and pay the rule four for that. And look, it's just, if they don't get in a six and eight to one shot, they're probably going to take 20, 25p out the rule four. So they're, they're mm. difficult from a, from a 
betting point of view, but look, we have to take what we've got at, at, at this point. Um, Zoffi, Frankie, Tory will be popular. Um, great booking for the, for the Hugo Palmer team to have got landed Frankie. Um, his kind of seasons regressed. He was a really good, you know, next second to to Meteor in the um, Chester Cup off, off a marker of 93 and then got shuffled up to the mark of 95 and has had a couple of below par runs to be fair was um, sick to a horse with no name didn't quite see that out at, at Ascot and then was a bit disappointing at, at Newcastle um, look I think the drop in triple help the booking is great I could definitely see him bouncing back but the combination of Frankie and everything I mean he's, he's you can see him running really well but wouldn't be in a hurry to take threes him. I think he's more take honorable. Um, I think Grand Vizier will run his usual race. He's he's a horse who, you know, just goes really well around Ascot. He's got blinkers on for the first time, so that might help him um over two miles, which is the kind of bare minimum for him. But he'll go forward. Um it's got a really good jockey booking and Luke Morris will be strong and forceful from the front. And, you know, he might take some payback pegging back he slipped back down to marker 94 so he's really well handicapped um he'd definitely have to be on any kind of short list so he, he would definitely be one of mine to be interested in but um i think i'd go for the very man here the irish raider um i thought eight to one was too big a price for him um i know we're going to get rule fours but i think he but he comes here in form which plenty don't. Um, he's off a marker 92 that seems fair. Ran really well. He was just touched off a, a, over further in, a, on bad ground at Galway a few weeks ago. Um, but had previously run well at the car over a mile and six on good ground. The ground should be okay, even though it's effective. It will be softer on the round course. Yeah, I just thought he was he was a fair chance at around um, eight to one. Um, I would rather be with kind of the very man and the Grand Vizier than I would with the shorter ones towards the top. But the very man would be the main selection there. We've got a similar profile in the 245, which is the Shilgar Cup Challenge over a mile and a half with uh, looks pretty much a definite rule four unless uh, one of the horses comes out. And William Haggis could be double-handed. He's got uh, Joe Marira for La Yakel, who was second behind one for the gutter when sent off as favourite in uh, what a month ago in a handicap at Ascot over 12 furlongs. And then he's got the first reserve, Pride of Priory, who's actually got Frankie on board, so they must have taken one out already. They have East Asia as a non-runner. Yeah, East Asia that, yeah. Yeah, so that means that the Pride of Priory will get a run, and he's got Frankie on board. He's the second favourite runabout fours. So William Haggis will have two in that. Uh, Andrew Borden's got Scampy for the race share syndicate, who've... Uh, He's done him proud. He's had a, a winner, but York and a good second at Haydock. Got Max Mayhem in there as well, and Knowlton Cross. And Wotton Sons, the other reserve, Richard Fire. This horse actually beat Scampy in the old Newton Cup at Haydock just about a month ago. So we already know that one's out in this one and that the first reserve's already in. Yeah, it's um <laughs> yeah. One of those one of those races that William Haggis has a strong Hold on. Pride of the Priory won it last year. Um, you can easily see the case for him back um, back again on, on happy kind of stomping ground. Uh, one off a mark of 92 um, 12 months ago when Kieran Schumacher steered him to easy success on, on fast ground. Here he is back to the same mark. Probably been the plan. Perfect jockey booking on Frankie. What's not to like? Got nice loader all that. Yeah, everything's 
there for a big run from Pride of Prairie. Probably favourite or close to favouritism when it's his stable mate, Laya Keel, that probably looks the biggest danger. Um, was just touched off by one for the garter on his seasonal reappearance. Um uh back back uh, back like back in the middle of last month. Um Laya Keel's a, a, a kind of lightly raced progressive four year old. He's gonna be bang there too. But look, the market's got it pretty spot on with the with those two. Um They'll be kind of five to two, three to one favourites. Pretty hard to see beyond them. Um, I will see beyond them because it's just the kind of card that you want to play at a slightly bigger price. Um, I thought Scampy, the Andrew Balding horse, was just set to. He seems to do well at this meeting for um, uh, Andrew Balding. He had, he had a few winners here um, over the last few years, and um, I just thought Scampy would go well. Safi Osborne's riding really well. Um, the horse. Probably will appreciate stepping back up to a mile and a half. Showed up pretty well to be sick to Pride of America in the John Smith Cup last time. That was a, just another good, consistent run off the same mark of 92. Previously just been touched off at Haydock and a close-up fifth at air. So, yeah, I, I, I thought Scampi was just set to run another, his usual solid race. Um, whether he's vulnerable to to the kind of haggis lightly raced um layak heel yeah potentially but yeah i just thought scampi was the one around five to, to one 11 to two with william hill i thought that was fair enough for scampi i know you're like your commentators just wait for richard hoyles we've got jean marrero up against frankie coming to that final furlong head bobbers the two of them the old <laughs> maestro from hong kong and the maestro from italy and they're at it together Oh, it'd just be fantastic if those two battling out for the same stable. But uh, Scampi's won for Hayley Turner uh, in the past, and uh, Safi Osborne run another couple of winners at Chepstow on Thursday night. So she's really in, in terrific form at the moment. So Scampi it is. And that'll be on the menu, I'm sure, somewhere at Ascot as well on Saturday. 3.20 then, which is the mile on the round course for the uh, Sugar Cup mile handicap. Perotto Rogervarian, quietly spoken, has got our friend Bayrazan Mutsabayev on board for a horse that won over a mile at Sandown, winning the, the Coral Challenge back in the early July. Escobar got Safi on board for David O'Mara. David always does well with his horses. Uh, he had Abarama Gold winning a couple of big races recently. And uh, Escobar. He's, uh, I think it's a bit of a standing dish in races like this. Silent film goes with the Japanese Kazuo Yokoyama for Ian Williams. He was behind Perotto last time they came out. Empire State of Mind, John Quinn's got Frankie allocated to him. And Roger Teal's got one of the reserve in Bear Force 1 in this one. Uh, Perotto, probably going to be favourite. And Varian normally gets a winner on the Saturday. Will he get one at an Ascot, do you think? Yeah, could easily do. Um, with a jockey that's had a fair bit of publicity this week, who you know, German champion jockey who's uh, from Kazakhstan, who's running plenty of winners for Andre Fab. I don't think he'll he'll lose because of the jockey booking. I think he's probably a good jockey booking. I think it's more of a question of um, conditions and running style of the race. It's a, it's a hot race here. Perotto's got every chance. He actually showed up quite well at Goodwood last time. But it's just, he's plenty short enough. He's kind of 13 to 8, I think, in a place that seems plenty skinny enough in a, in a wide-open race like this. You mentioned Escobar. Um, showed up okay last time. Um, 
you know, just it's got a series of duck eggs next to his name, but it's now down to a mark of one oh two. Um and I can't remember the last time Escobar went fishing off a mark like that. Um, you know, I remember him running off one oh threes, but you know, we haven't seen him run off a mark of one oh two, you know, f- for four or four years or so. Um dangerously well handicapped. It's just whether he is Fully back on song. Um, dangerous to Smith. Um, eight to one William Hill seems seems fair about S for Escobar. Um, look, there's 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 strength of depth to this Empire State of Mind showed that he was on the way back last time. Um got Frankie Dottori in the saddle, so he'll run well and, and and the rain that's hit the track will certainly help him. Um so it's hard to dismiss him. Even old the old fox towel, <laughs> you know, the rank complete outsider with Jan Moreira, but for for Andrew Balding, I mean, he's he's known as the magic man. He might have to be the magic man to conjure something out of <laughs> Foxtail. But here's a horse with loads of ability who was fourth in the champion stakes a few years ago, or three or four years ago. Um, you know, but he's far too keen. We haven't seen him for a fair bit of time. We haven't seen him since January. But um, a, a fast run mile could easily bring out the best in him. I really wouldn't be surprised if he turned, showed up uh, Foxtail. But... Look, you can make a case out for plenty. The Wizard of Eyes, another one who could run okay. Um, I thought this was really hard. I'd probably give Escobar a chance. I just feel that his return is is not far away. I think eight to one is fair enough each way. So I will go Escobar each way. And then the 355, it's for three-year-olds. It's a mile and a half. The Sugar Cup Classic. So quite likely racehorses for the most part here. Rajasthan will be popular. Haley Turner's got the most wins as a jockey at the Shogar Cup over the years. It's a 22nd running, by the way, and this year around at Ascot. But Hayley Turner always seems to do well. And she hasn't got many fancied rides, but Rajasthan could be the one. She rides for the Gosden to win her over 10 fillings at Salisbury recently. Olivia Pellier, we haven't mentioned him at all today. He rides for Richard Farhey, a winner at Donny recently on Golden Move, who is the son of Golden Horn. Regal Empire for James Tate in those famous side banana colours with Holly Doyle will be an interesting combination there. And then we've got Rogue C for Tom Clover and Like a Tiger goes with Safi Osborne on board as well. Uh, another tricky one, and these are all three-year-olds up against each other, but Rajasthan seemed to uh, win quite nicely at Salisbury recently. Yeah, and it's it's funny when we look at the race card like you're looking at now, we're gonna suddenly in the next few hours they'll slip into their team colours. So all those famous colours that we were looking out for disappear. It's a bit like the racing league and that you you know the colours that the horse traditionally runs in and you're looking out for the colours, but you forget they're actually in the um in the Shergo Cup team colours. Very true. So the, the famous side manana colours, they'll be hanging up in the wardrobe. Yeah, they'll, they'll be going the, anywhere. Yeah. They'll be under the pillow for another day. They will literally not be used. But yeah. this is um an, an, another wide open race with um some potential uh in here. Um Rajasthan is a really interesting horse for the Gosden team. Uh when you go back through his his back catalogue, um it was a good third to night in a in a maiden at Yarmouth um back end of, of of last campaign and Knight then went ran on to to win a Horace Hill. So that form's pretty solid. And then um uh Rajasthan went to Newbury and chased home Cicero's gift. 
Um, and we know the strength and depth of of, of that form. Um, you know, Cicero's gift. We haven't seen him since he was kind of denied a run in the um, St James's Palace on a few occasions, but he wasn't beaten far behind Paddington. So look, those those are two rock solid bits of form, and and then came out and um, and reappeared at, at Salisbury and got the better of spectacular style. Um, what that form's worth, I don't know, but he's definitely progressive. Um, he's by Jabbar. We had a beautiful morning. Bred for better things than this. this. Begins life off a mark of 87. If there's one in here that could absolutely dot up, it's him. Um, just because there's cut in the ground. So um, I actually thought he'd be, he's seven to two with Coral. I thought he'd be a bit shorter than that, if the truth be told. I think he probably will be a bit shorter than that. Um, I can see the strength in the others because there's other horses that lurk in here. Um, uh, Golden Move, uh, Richard Farr, he's you know, pretty bullish about his chances in his Sporting Life column. He thinks he's his best chance of a winner over the weekend. Um, Regal Empire, it doesn't take um, that much imagination to see him. Um, going well. You've also got um, uh, Rogue C is a horse that I've been waiting to drop back in trip. Um, he's around seven, eight to one. I think he'll definitely run well. Um, uh, he just didn't see out the mana six last time, and the drop back to this kind of trip will will definitely be in his favour. But yeah, it's it's Rajasthan stepping up to a mile and a half on rain softer ground that I, I have to have him on side. So I probably do two points to win on him at seven to two. Um, but I'm going to also have a, a, a few quid each way on Rogue C. I'm hoping for bigger than sevens that's currently available. I hope to get kind of eights or nines maybe on the day. Um, I, I just think he's 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 progressive before that bomb out over a trip he didn't see. Um, he showed enough in a couple of starts, particularly when he won on decent ground at Ripon and seems to cover all kinds of ground and seem progressive. But I think the trip caught him out last time. And I give Rogue C a chance each way, but I'm going to go Rajasthan win and I'm going to go Rogue C each way. And the final race is at 4.30. It's over six furlongs. It's called the Sugar Cup Sprint. Now, if Bill were going to go to Ascot, on Saturday, this is the race he'd turn up just around about quarter past four to watch Quinault and then listen to Craig David and Melanie C afterwards because you don't want to get you don't want to peak too early at one thirty-five and have too many Mister Whippies before the concert starts. So if you're going to see Bill there, if he turns up, it'll be around about this time. Quinault, what a horse he's been for Stuart Williams. He won off fifty-nine at Chelmsford back in April, and he had a £5 claimer on board as well. He's gone up in the handicap to 65, 74, 80, 85, 90. He's now off 97. And the thing with him, with Quinault, Stuart Williams has done a brilliant job. He bought him out on the sales and, and has transformed, transformed this horse. Uh, the thing is, he doesn't win by far, does he? He wins by a nose ahead, a length, length and a half. Luke Morris will be an ideal booking for Stuart Williams, you would have thought, but he's going to be under two to one, most likely for the final race on the day. Washington Heights goes for Kevin Ryan, who's got Holly Doyle on board. We've got Batal Dubai for Harry Roger Chant with Jan Marrera in the saddle. Dark Trooper's got Safi on board. Uh, one of the reserves is Kevin Ryan's dream for gold. There's a horse in there called He's a Monster. But the real monster is Quinault, who just keeps on winning time after time. But there's a ceiling for every horse, isn't there, Bill? Is 97 the ceiling? Well, he hasn't found the ceiling yet. 
So that's that's the the first point to mention about Quinault. Um, the first thing I'm going to pick you up on is the Mr. Whippies, because yeah. actually, um, Athabasca advertise a Magnum, make your own Magnum station, and they advertised it a few years ago, and I had my lad with me, so I hoodwinked. It was more interesting going to the Magnum station than he was going to see King of Stars, and we went, and this is where you pick an ice cream, and then you can dip dip it in the whatever and you uh-huh. pick your own toppings and all that stuff so we made our way to the magnum station just to find out from the bloke saying now sorry it's closed mate you can have this plain or you can have nutty <laughs> uh so my son looked at me like he'd been completely hoodwinked to come to wow. ask it so they've advertised it again that they've got this magnum make your own magnum station so i hope that they've got more than plain or nutty on offer well, I did get a copy of the media guide, but I didn't get down to page 95, I don't think. I only got to the teams and how the points work. But well done for the research on that. That, that is top quality information for anyone yeah. heading to Ascot. If you yeah. find the Magnum man, tell him Bill's son still not got over it. He's not yeah. got over it. He doesn't want nutty. What's wrong with you? Exactly. So you've got... Um... <laughs> Yeah, so if you bet a lot of losers, you can go and find the Magnum station and make yourself an ice cream on your way out. But don't go before the last. Um, go before Craig David if you want, but don't go before this because it'd be Ooh. interesting to see this um, Quinault in action. He's a horse we've mentioned a fair few times on, on this podcast. And his story is a remarkable one. He's obviously looking for his seventh win of the campaign, which began off a mark of 59. He's up to 97. If he wins here, he'll be into the hundreds. So you are talking about a 50-pound um, rise in the weights. He has taken everything in his stride. He keeps on getting better and better connections this week. Entered in for the champion sprint, Group 1, at the end of the season on Champions Day. So they have put him in there because they think he will continue to progress. Um, and as, as he continues to uh, munch his way through handicaps, um, he turns up here. But, like you say, is to the ceiling. He's up another seven pounds. He doesn't have Connor Planners taking the taking the five pounds off. Um, he's got Luke Morris, who will kind of make his mind up for him. Um, he does it the hard way. does it from the front, sets about hard, you know, uh, goes to try and make all. It's just a harder proposition, and it's whether you want to take the seven or four. Now, look, I'd love to see him win. I think he's really talented. Um, he's a short six to four in a place. Would I want to back him? No. Um, it's a bit of a, a, a case of weddings and funerals for me. I don't want to be jumping in at this point in the journey, but uh, he is the most obvious one. Um, you know, looking at Washington Heights, um, he's a horse. He's kind of had his measure. Um, you know, Washington Heights has finished behind him the last three times. Um, Newmarket, York, and, and and Newmarket again. Must be sick of the sight of him. Um but um, the last time they met was in that race at Newmarket when Quinault won by four and a quarter lengths, beaten by four and a quarter lengths. Um, Washington Heights there ran off a mark of 94 and Quinault ran off 90. And here we are, slightly revised terms, Washington Heights off 94 and our old fellow is off seven pounds higher, 97. So it's a seven pound swing. Is it enough to bring them together? Probably not, if truth be told, not enough to, to make you confidently fancy um washington heights to, to reverse that form because a bit of improvement um from quinault neil should still hold him um is there something different in the race i look at Lee's. there doesn't look to be much i mean the, the interesting one is dark trooper down the bottom um for the ebb walker team hong kong owned by freddie ma um has one been very busy uh, as of the last week to be his third third run in about 
or fourth run in about two, three weeks. Um, but one at Yarmouth back end of last weekend and, and then one again earlier in the week is out again quickly. Um, uh, done it all very easily. Um, runs in here literally off a three pound penalty. Uh, one with a fair bit in hand, Safi Osborne riding for Ed Walker. Um, 10 to 1 just seemed a bit big, and I would probably take the 10 to 1 dart trooper each way. I, I think he's got a chance. Um, I think Crenault's probably the most likely winner. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll play dart trooper on a roll each way at 10s, um, but fully expect Crenault to make it seven. Yeah, thanks, Bill. They're the six races in the Shergar Cup at Ascot on Saturday. That's what we're featuring this weekend. Uh, before we go, I'd like to say thank you to everybody who's been sending us messages on Twitter, saying how much they like the podcast, and uh, thanking Bill for his marvellous tips. He had another big winner last weekend. So thanks so much for all your support. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate hearing back from you. You can uh, follow the podcast, as you know, on all the major podcast platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher. Then you'll get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. You can follow us on Twitter as well if you wish to do so to get a little bit more information and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Well, that's all for today. We'll be back next week once again as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top race in action. So please make sure you join us then. Enjoy the Shergar Cup on Saturday. Bye for now. <laughs>